Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Amen. So we are busy with the, the book of Ephesians or the letter to the church of Ephesus. And this is uh, part 12 this morning. So we've been to, uh, uh, in, in the series for 12 weeks. If you missed out on any of the, the parts and you really want to go catch up, they're all on SoundCloud. Um, also on our Facebook page, we post it uh, weekly, uh, normally by Thursday or Friday. So you can access them there. But the, the, the basis of this book and this letter, as we've continued to share this, it's a, it's a message, firstly, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, about our identity in Christ, who we've become, what Christ has made us to become. We didn't make ourselves righteous. Second uh, Corinthians 5, 21 says that we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you were made righteous. You cannot make yourself righteous. No human being can make themselves righteous. It's impossible. It's futile to try and make yourself righteous. The only way that you can be made righteous is by faith in Jesus Christ. And so we, uh, we looked at that in chapter 2, but the whole chapter 1, 2, and 3 is emphasizing that same truth, who you are in Christ. And then we got into chapter um, 4 uh, two weeks ago, and we looked at, man, there's a call to live this out. Not just having Christ in us, but having Christ live through us. That's God's desire for us. Not to stay the same that we were when we received Christ, but have his love and the spirit of God in us to actually bring transformation in our lives. Who desires transformation in their lives? I do. My hand is raised. I desire transformation. My wife continually prays for transformation in my life. And uh, so it's, it's good to desire transformation. You had a very, you had a very um, interesting place if you do not desire transformation, if you think that you've arrived. Man, until Jesus reappears, no person on the face of the earth will ever have come to a place of, I've arrived. And if you think you, you got to a place of, you've arrived, then your fall is uh, just lying around the corner. Because the word says, um, the uh, uh, pride comes, or uh, the fall comes after pride. So if, you, if you've stepped into that place of pride, your fall is awaiting you. So let's not become prideful in thinking we've arrived. Or, or even when we get into some of these verses this morning, don't come to a place ever in your life where you get into Scripture and you have the thought, oh, that's Scripture again. I've heard this before. Like, man, the Holy Spirit can't work with the heart that utters the words, I've heard this before. Because that is pride. That's the voice of pride. I've heard this before. Ah, that again. Ah, Ephesians again. Ah, that is pride. A humble heart says, man, there must be more for me to receive from the word. A humble heart says, man, I'm looking forward to hearing this a thousand times before Jesus comes back again. Because there's the word of God, Hebrews 4 says, the word of God is alive and it's active. Alive and active. That means that there's nothing wrong with the word. So if there's nothing wrong with the word, where's the problem? Any humble people in the room? In the equation, it's God's word pure. It's perfect, incorruptible seed. And then there's your heart. Now, if there's something wrong, it's on the side of your receptor. And it's, again, praise God, no condemnation. 
know what? It's actually a liberating word. Because if God was the problem, we were stuck. If God was your problem, you were stuck because you're not changing God. But if you, your problem, praise God, because through His empowering, you can change. Through the Spirit of God inside of you, you can live out what God's Word talks about in Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. Amen. So Ephesians 4, verse 7. The previous week, uh, we looked at Ephesians uh, 4, 1 to 6. And we'll actually just uh, recap from verse 6 again. One God, one Father over all, um, and in all, and living through you all. This is awesome. It's God's Spirit living in the believer. The Holy Spirit living in the believer wants to live out of the believer. Verse 7 to 10 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Say the gift of Christ with me. The gift of Christ. So according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Verse 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Okay, so remember Ephesians is a letter. It needs to be actually read in its entirety. Ephesians uh, chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6 together in its entirety. That's why you can't just, in any day of the week, just uh, go and minister to an unbeliever out of Ephesians 4, 5, or 6. Because that could just put a heavy on someone. That is putting the cart in front of the horses because there's no empowering. There's no change of identity. We need to understand where this, this fruitfulness comes from, where this transformation comes from. It comes from the gift of God, the grace of God, the Spirit of God living in man. So we always need to point people to our identities in Christ, who we've become, who the Spirit of God is in man. Now, we started off with verse uh, 1 to 6, and then verse 7 starts and it opens up, but unto every one of us is given grace. Unto every one of us. Some translation says, however, unto every one of us is given grace. In verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, we looked at this oneness that we share. One God, one baptism, one faith, etc., etc. It's talking about this oneness. But at the same time, as there is oneness, verse 7 to 10 now, and as we're going to continue on, is talking about diversity as well. Yes, there's oneness. There's one spirit. But that doesn't mean all of us are going to be clones of one another. God will open up and it is beautiful talking about the, 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 the oneness that we share in the spirit. There's neither Jew new, nor Gentile. There's, ne- nor, nor, <laughs> there's neither free uh, nor slave. There's, there's, not, there's no difference. We're all the same spirit. But even with that same spirit, we need to remember there's diversity. And that's what we're going to get into this morning. Um, in the next following few verses, diversity and the importance of diversity. There's strength in diversity, but diversity doesn't mean disunity. We need to keep the main thing, the main thing, the unity of the spirit, the oneness of the spirit, and through that embrace the diversity which God created and put in each one of us. Basically meaning there's different ways of operating and allowing the Spirit of God to live through us, bring His will to come to pass. 
but it's not a different grace. We've all received the same grace. It says, is given unto us grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. We've all received the same Holy Spirit, the same gift, the same grace of God. By grace, you've been saved through faith. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's one gift that came through Christ. And with that one gift lies all of the other gifts of the Holy Spirit, the diversity of gifts of the Holy Spirit. You guys are getting the, the picture here. We all receive the same Holy Spirit, with, but within that same Holy Spirit that is living in, inside each one of us, there's a diversity that he wants to live himself out of us. Galatians 3 verse 14, God will read this for us this morning. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we all who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. That's the gift of God. That is the gift and the promise that God made to Abraham, the Holy Spirit through faith. All men, every believer is operating under the same Holy Spirit, but everyone is operating differently. But it's the same empowering. But take note. The Holy Spirit, God's will, desires one thing. Because we can easily get caught up in like, man, how does the Holy Spirit want to do X, Y, and Z through me? The Holy Spirit, like, we can easily become self-centered in the diversity wherein the Holy Spirit wants to live through us. Forgetting that there's a main purpose, there's a main goal that the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish through his diversity of gifts. What do I mean? 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 says that. Let's go there. 1 Timothy 2 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. This is talking about God. Who wills all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God's desires for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So God's desire... This Holy Spirit ministry through you is always going to bring, uh, bring direction and fruitfulness into that area. For men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, that is discipleship. Growing in understanding, growing in the, 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 the knowledge of who we are in Christ. So whatever the gifts of the Holy Spirit is in you, the diversities of gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to live through you, it's going to bring that to pass. You guys getting the picture? There's no gift of the Holy Spirit that was intended for self-centered purpose, a self-centered gain. It is always to bring God's will to come to pass. God's will to come to pass for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Then verse 8 to 10 is talking about this being made a reality for us. Let's read that again. Wherefore he says, so it's talking about basically the, the finished work of Jesus, what he accomplished through us, through his death and his resurrection. And through his death and his resurrection, what happened? He overcame death and he overcame sin and he poured out his spirit for us so that through the spirit, all of this that we're talking about can be a reality. This is the reality of Christianity, not to become a better person, not to become the best business person in the world, not to become the most well-known healing evangelist in the world, not to become the greatest uh, evangelist of winning souls in the world. 
It's to bring people into an understanding of the reality of the Spirit of God living in man. Because it's awesome when someone receives Christ, but God's will is not just for men to be saved, but for men to also come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's what church is about on Sundays. It's not about feeling like this is a bless me club and man, that was a powerful word. And then you go to work Monday and you're like, let's just blend in. I don't want to step on anyone's toes because oh, I don't want to lose my job. And like, you need to respect your, um, your workplace and all of that. I get that. But we need to always be challenged with this thought that what I'm receiving at church and whenever I get into the word of God, even if you look at the letter of Ephesians, we oftentimes go into the word and have this mindset of, man, I just need a word to bless me this morning. I just need some encouragement from the Lord. And it's good. You're going to be encouraged. But we get to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Praying in the Spirit is one of the ways to do that. This is going to challenge you. <laughs> it's awesome. When, when I go to a restaurant, it's awesome. I, I enjoy a cup of coffee. I get to ask myself the question, how does God want to bless this waiter that is serving me this morning? How does God want to work through and minister through me this morning? And sometimes I don't feel like it. But guess what? When I do it, it feels awesome. It feels awesome when we step out because we were created to demonstrate and to ooze out the love of the Holy Spirit to the people around us. And maybe you don't know how that feels like. Maybe you've never stepped out of the boat in that sense. But this is hard for us to step out, to allow his love to not just be about, oh, I feel so good about myself but to realize that the purpose of you feeling good about yourself is to actually love the people around you as well. So Ephesians 4 verse 11. And we're going to look at it in, a, in a, a little bit of a different setting on a different way this morning. So uh, let's get into it. Ephesians 4 verse 11. Now think about everything that we've just looked at. The gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of Christ. The measure of grace according to the gift of Christ. Ephesians 4.11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Most translations use the word some. Some apostles, and he's given some prophets, he's given some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. But the word some gives this impression that only some can do X, Y, and Z. Only some can operate in X, Y, and Z. Now, just stay with me quickly. The New Living Translation says, the gifts, remember how many spirits? One spirit. You've got the spirit, yes, you do. Okay, so we've been given the Holy Spirit, the gift of Christ, and it's awesome. The New Living Translation says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to who? To the church. Did he give it to the individual or to the church? The gift of apostleship is for the church. The gift of pastoring is for the church. The gift of evangelism is for the church. The gift of teaching is for the church. The gift of the prophetic is for the church. It's not for the individual. Now, some of you aren't connecting the dots yet, so let's carry on. 
Who's the church? Yes, the individual is in the church. But too often people have made the gift about the individual, not about the church. And culturally in South Africa, we're not that well known with all of these titles and it's archbishop, prophet, evangelist, so-and-so, and it's this title and that title and that manipulation and this manipulation. We just looked at, he's given the Holy Spirit to all believers. Grace according to the, to the measure or uh, the, the, the grace of God according to the measure of the gift of Christ. That is talking about the Holy Spirit of God. And then these diversities of gifts have been given to the church. Then it goes on. What is the purpose? Verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. That's a New Living Translation. King James says it like this. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So now verse 12 is saying, what is the purpose of these gifts? Now don't get confused because now we read gifts and we think plural. Yes, it is plural, but it's still one Holy Spirit. There isn't a diversity of Holy Spirit. You guys get it? You guys staying with me? There isn't a diversity of a Holy Spirit. There's one Holy Spirit. And within that one Holy Spirit, there's diversities of gifts. And these are the so-called fivefold giftings of the Holy Spirit. But just imagine this. The word fivefold doesn't come across in the Bible. Like, go research fivefold ministry or fivefold gifting. Like, it will have referencing to Ephesians 4 verse 11, but there's no naming of the fivefold. It's interesting. The things that we come up with oftentimes and it is funny, uh, a certain one of our pastors at one time, uh, Shane mentioned a specific phrase so often, and the phrase was, he who has the vision has the job, which sounds pretty cool, right? He who has the vision has the job. So if you've got the vision, then obviously God gave you that vision, so go and do it. And Shane used it in different settings, and then one day, um, this, this other pastor of ours who would um, stay anonymous for, uh, for the... Uh, for the purpose of keeping, uh, keeping them uh, out of uh, shame. They said, oh, Shane, what is that scripture that you always quote? You as the vision, as the job. And it's not a scripture. So we oftentimes use different phrases so often, and it's, it sounds spiritual. But if it's not in the word of God, it's not actually spiritual. We don't want to build doctrines and beliefs based on things that just sound spiritual, right? We want to get into the, 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 the nourishment of the word, the, 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 the meat of the word. So Ephesians 12, 4.12 says, us, what is the purpose of these, these gifts? Their responsibility, new living, their responsibility is to equip. Who's there? Not the individual. This is like, if you, if you get this, it's going to bless you so much. Etienne's responsibility is not to do this. The gifting of pastorship that Etienne is operating under, that gifting, the pastor gift, the gift of teaching, 
It's the Holy Spirit in Etienne operating under the gift of pastoring. It's the Holy Spirit in Etienne operating under the gift of teaching. It's the Holy Spirit in Etienne operating under the gift of evangelism or prophetic. Whatever it may be, I decide what gifting of the Holy Spirit that I'm operating under and whatever the setting is and whatever the setting requires. We're going to look at a verse now in a moment. So the Holy Spirit, it's his responsibility to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And we, his body, gets to operate and yield to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to accomplish. But we need to get rid of this mindset that only some are called to be the pastor. Only some are called to be the evangelist. Because if only some are called, it's, it's hindered when it's limited. The body of Christ very ineffective as a greater whole. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't have the gifting of evangelism. I don't have the gifting of pastoring, so I'm not really going to deal with people. I don't feel like it. it, it just, I don't have that gifting. None, none of you have ever said those words, I know. It's just, uh, it's just uh, the other people who didn't come this morning. It's the same Holy Spirit. And what is that same Holy Spirit that all of us have? What is his desire? For all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Whatever is going to help usher that and fulfill that, you've got the Holy Spirit that desires that. And so you get to step out on whatever the need requires to make that come to pass. The perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry. Because we think that, man, the pastor, Etienne, he's, he's already perfect. So now what he's, is he going to do? He's now going to operate under the, his amazing gifting. And then he's going to equip the church, all of you guys. It's like there's a separation mentality. The pastor's up there. The evangelist is up there. The apostle, the, 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 the prophet, the teacher. And they've arrived. And now... They teaching you guys so that you can go out. Monday through to Saturday, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher, uh, the prophet, and uh, the, the apostle can just sit back at home, sit on the couch, enjoy a packet of chips, and the church is going to do the work. You guys. Because the firefold is doing the work on a Sunday, and then the rest of you doing the work Monday through to Saturday. We are one. We've got the same spirit of God inside of us. And that same spirit desires one thing. And through these five gifting offices or, or giftings of the spirit, he wants to, the Holy Spirit wants to equip God's people to do his work, to build up the church, the body of Christ. He wants to perfect the saints, all of us, every individual for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Again, these gifts, not these people. It's the Holy Spirit's responsibility. It's his gifting to equip, to perfect. The Thayer's definition says, to fit out, to equip, to put in order, to arrange, and to adjust. It's this beautiful kind of working of the Holy Spirit as these, these giftings are in operation within the body. And as the individual comes into alignment with this gifting of the Holy Spirit and coming under and surrendering, yielding to the Holy Spirit, what can start happening? There's things that can start being put in order. And we can, as a body, start operating as a wild world machine, so to speak. Firing on all cylinders. 
not just on some cylinders. Devin's had some uh, issues with his car of late, and uh, he knows that if you're not firing on all cylinders, your performance is limited a little bit. We want to fire on all cylinders, every believer. In order to fire on all cylinders, we need to understand that the same spirit that Etienne has, the same spirit that Devin has, the same spirit that uh, uh, Shane has, the same spirit that Andrew Ormack has, the same spirit that Joseph Prince has, Reinhard Bonnke, and you fill in the blank, every believer that has ever lived, you've got the same spirit of God Almighty desiring to accomplish one thing and one thing only, for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We need to stop partaking of church and seeing it as a spectator sport. Where we sit back and we cheer on the pastor, the guy up front, the, the evangelist. Like, woo, go Etienne, you're doing well. <laughs> Man, we need to be partakers of what God wants to accomplish through us. He's spread in each one of us. And we see this working of the ministry Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5 quickly. And all these are of God who has reconciled. Let's read verse 17 as well. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, that is all of us, if you receive Christ, you are in Christ. He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Same ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Say word of reconciliation with me. For anyone who is new this morning, we're not a cult. Um, so when we, when we come together and we repeat words like that, it's not like a, we, uh, we're not chanting and uh, doing anything strange or weird. We're just partaking, and I'm just making sure you guys are awake um, because some of you uh, look like you're ready to fall asleep, especially those close to the heaters, hibernating. So we've been given a ministry of reconciliation, but also a word of reconciliation. Ministry in the, in, the, in the sense that there's practical ministry of, of this message, of, of God's desire. That's why oftentimes when we, when we go on to mission trips like the team that went to KZN, there was practical ministry that also took place. Serving the people, building, uh, uh, helping set, set up a, a church building for them. Um, handing out food, helping out with clothing, all of these different things. There's practical ministries of reconciliation, but they need to point to the word of reconciliation it needs to overflow into the word of reconciliation because it's only the word of reconciliation that brings uh, salvation. Romans chapter 10 talks about this, that how can they hear without a preacher, right? So there's a, there's a hearing that needs to be involved so they can respond to. And the gospel is a message of reconciliation. Yes, there's going to be the, 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 the practical um, ministry as we looked at Second Corinthians now, but there's also the word that needs to be shared because without the word, people can't receive because there's a lot of unbelievers who are doing good things, right? There's a lot of unbelievers who are doing a lot of good things, feeding uh, the, the poor, um, providing homes for the homeless. You fill in the blank. 
but it's only the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings transformation in someone's heart that enables them to actually break free from whatever is bounding them in that state. Now, in closing, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And this is a chapter where it's talking about diversities of gifts. Verse 4, we read from verse 4 up until verse 6. It says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but they're all from the same spirit. Say same spirit. So we just looked at that in Ephesians chapter 4 already. There's one Holy Spirit, but diversity of gifts. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but they are all from the same spirit, meaning they all need to fulfill the same purpose, the same desire. Verse 5, there are different ways to serve, but we serve the same Lord. Again, diversity, but the same Lord, meaning that the same Lord, he's got a will, he's got a desire. First Timothy 2.4, for all men to be saved, to come to knowledge of the truth. So he's serving the same Lord, wanting to please the same Lord, so to speak. And it's not pleasing as I need to work in order to be pleasing to God. No, you are pleasing to God and you get to partake of the family business. You get to operate under the leading of the Holy Spirit and see amazing things happen. Man, it's a privilege to share the gospel to an unbeliever and see them come from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. It's awesome to minister healing to someone who needs to receive healing. It's amazing privilege to, to be uh, uh, used by God in that sense. But it's more a picture of partaking and a co-laboring to accomplish what he desires for us here on earth. Verse 6. And there are different ways that God works in people, but it is the same God who works in all of us to do everything. Do you have the Spirit of God this morning? Any believers in the room? Good stuff. Some of you, uh, we're going to pray in a, in a moment. You're welcome to receive. It's very easy. We're going to pray together. Um, or you're welcome to just come uh, forward after the, the meeting together online. Please contact us if you, if you want to receive the Spirit of God to live in you and uh, become part of the family of God. Now, do you all have access to... Only some of the gifts, or do you have access, or let me put it like this, do you have access to all of the Holy Spirit or only some of the Holy Spirit? Are you guys sure? I'm glad you are sure because by acknowledging, it starts with acknowledging, right? Denial is the, what do they say? Denial is the longest river in the world. Denial, denial, no one can grow from a place of denial. It starts with acknowledging something. And as a believer, when you acknowledge that you've got all of the Holy Spirit, not just some access to the Holy Spirit, but you've got all access to the Holy Spirit, you can actually be open to have the Holy Spirit minister and work through you in any way He wants. In any way he desires. Because whatever the need requires in a specific setting, the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of you wants to fulfill and step into 
meeting that need. Second Peter 1 verse 3. Second Peter 1 verse 3. According as his divine power, talking about dunamis ability, dynamite ability, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us unto glory and virtue. God has called us into a place of not just having his glory live in us, but having his glory live through us. But it's a matter of knowledge. What you don't know is hindering you from living out what God desires for you. Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed, not because the devil is so mighty. My people are destroyed, not because they didn't receive all of my gifts of the Holy Spirit. My people are destroyed because they don't know something for lack of knowledge. We need to come to know. Paul's prayer is that we know, like he's praying in Ephesians chapter 1, that we come to understand, come to know everything that we've got in Christ. Let's look at an awesome example from Acts chapter 3. Acts 3 verse 1 to 6. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Now, this is an awesome place. Just an insert here. Peter and John received the Spirit of God. Like, they were already filled with God's Spirit. This is after Pentecost. And here we see them still living in some Jewish custom and tradition. What was that? To go to the temple to pray at a specific time. So this is not doctrine. That's why in the, the book of Acts, you don't go to the book of Acts to look for doctrine. Because then... All of us had to go to the temple to pray at 9 o'clock, and we could only do that at the, at the temple. Okay, moving on. Verse 2. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Alms is just money. Verse 3. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. So he wasn't asking for alms, but he was asking for as in arms and legs, he was asking for money. Verse 4, And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. This is awesome. Like, I'm not going to get into the teaching aspect of this or the, the, the healing aspect and the miracle aspect of this. Um, we're just going to focus on something else. Verse 6, not to diminish what was happening there, there's, there's something actually greater here that we need to grab hold of and then we'll see more of this. Verse 6, then said Peter, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. Such as I have. Say with me, such as I have. So they had something. They acknowledged that they had something. Something I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk what did they have they had dunamis ability supernatural divine ability inside of them the same holy spirit that you have they had and they said there's a need great what do i have not money because they probably didn't have a lot of money but they had something they had power and they said such as we have in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, 
Rise up and walk. Why do you have? Do you have the Holy Spirit of God Almighty? Or don't you have the Holy Spirit of God Almighty? This is a challenging thought. It's a challenging question. Because when we go out into the world later on today and then tomorrow, you're going to be faced with different needs. And you have to, have to ask yourself the question, what do you have? What do I have? Do I have the answer to this need? And if you've got the Holy Spirit of God Almighty living inside of you, you've got the answer to that need. For all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Remember, it's not always about and just about healing and providing people's physical needs. Because someone can be healed today, die tomorrow, and be separated from Jesus for all of eternity. That's not a win, guys. The main purpose and aim for people is to come to the knowledge of salvation, the knowledge of Jesus, the gospel, and grow in that. Because do you know what is a greater manifestation of power than seeing a healing? It's actually to show love to people that don't deserve to be loved. Who have you desired to demonstrate more radical love this past week than seeing signs, wonders, and miracles? Probably not a lot of you, just a few of you. That's awesome. It's not at the top of our signs, wonders, and miracles list normally. Demonstrating forgiveness where people don't deserve to be forgiven. For the people will know that you are my disciples by what? Your love for one another. And that's not to diminish the, the wows, the, the, the miracles and the signs, but man, oftentimes just loving someone when they just do not deserve it can be more powerful than anything else. It can be more transformational than them receiving a healing, a miracle. 1 Corinthians 12, coming to a close. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 says, so we looked at the, the gifting of the Holy Spirit. Different gifts, same Holy Spirit. Different ways of serving, but it's the same Lord. Verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Say every man. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to what? To profit all. Not just to profit the man, but to profit all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gift of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Oh, Etienne, see, I just don't know if it's God's will for me to operate in evangelism today. Because it says, as he will. Right? That's an awesome cop-out. Oh man, I'm just, I'm, I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not that guy who's going to pray for the sick. It's obviously not God's will. Like, it's not, I'm not passionate about it. It's not a desire in my heart. So clearly, it's not a desire in God's heart either. Man, as he wills, this is talking about the same spirit. 
We've received the same spirit, all of us. And within that same spirit, that one gift, there's diversities of gifts for a specific purpose to profit all. But how do we discern what he wills? It's a good question to ask, right? How do we discern what he wills? Because it's saying as he wills, whether it's a gift of knowledge, whether it's a gift of wisdom, whether it's a gift of healings and miracles. How, how do I know which gift he wills for me to operate in the situation? Good question. I'm glad you guys asked. Does the spirit will what God wills? Yes. How do I know that? Because it's the same God. It's the Trinity, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, why did we look at what's God's will? 1 Timothy 2, 4, for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So whatever gift is required to make God's will come to pass, for all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth, the spirit of the believer is ready to manifest that gift. Man, I thought you guys would be more excited. But I guess it's a challenging word as well. But praise God, if you're up for the challenge, you empower to arise to the occasion. But you need to acknowledge and say, Father, I'm going to throw out everything that I've believed about. I'm not called for that. I'm not called for that. My personality doesn't support that. My personality doesn't do that. It's the same spirit, different gifts, same spirit. Wills for one thing to come to pass. All men to be saved come to knowledge of the truth. Whatever the need is in the moment to help usher in that, you've got it. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.